Hey, it's Casey. Fastco Works has a bonus episode for you today. It's part of a custom podcast called The First Step, produced in partnership with McKinsey and Company. I'll be back next week with another episode of Creative Conversation. I'm Chris Denson, and this is The First Step, a custom podcast from Fastco Works and McKinsey and Company. We'll talk to successful innovators who have launched creative new digital businesses inside established companies and share the lessons they learned in making the leap. On today's episode, you'll hear my conversation with Helen Vade, Global Chief Customer Officer at Pizza Hut, and Ari Liberikian, Global Leader of Leap by McKinsey. We discuss how to take that first step in turning any idea into action. So, uh, kind of jumping right in, like your your role is the global chief customer officer at Pizza Hut, um, which is a mouthful, no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, what does that what does that job entail? Yeah, I mean, I, I it is a, it's actually interesting because the customer officer role is fairly new in the industry in general, and everyone kind of defines it um, slightly differently depending on what the business is trying to do. So we set up this role about three years ago with a new role created at Pizza Hut. And the idea was that instead of p- trying to do great operations or great digital or great technology, let's start with the customer first. And what are we trying to deliver as customer experience? And put all the capabilities to build a great customer experience under one person such that that organization can focus on the right outcomes for the customer and do whatever is necessary. So what sits under me is all operations and all technology, whether it is customer-facing or restaurant-facing, which means it's for the team members. Um, All of that sits under one person, and as a result, you can connect the dots a bit better to ultimately deliver a great customer experience. And that applies to even a team member experience or the folks who work in our stores. Now, and I I guess with it being a new role, um, what was the organization looking to accomplish by uh, creating that and, and you coming on board to fulfill it? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things. Um, One is we were a very digital business already. And that was not necessarily because um, of any other reason that customers were already there. And therefore, the organization realized that we need to be a bit, bit more, I guess, deliberate in the way we go about doing and prioritizing the things we need to do. But we also knew that the focus wasn't Uh, to come up with a digital strategy or a technology strategy, because those were enablers. Those were not the ends we were trying to get to. Those were means to the end, which was ultimately to deliver and exceed our customers' expectations. So the organization really was ready to flip uh, the thinking from just uh, doing a digital and business strategy to doing a customer strategy, and hence this uh, role was effectively created. That's great. And I think for someone like you to have fulfilled that with your background and a number of different amazing organizations like Walmart and HP, you know, what have you learned about the spirit of collaboration, perhaps, you know, more specifically inside of Pizza Hut that makes it work? Because there's a bunch of like nuances where there's places where it can falter. There's places where, where it could be greatly successful. But what about you and your personality helps you to manage collaboration for the most successful outcome possible? Yeah, I think um, in, in especially in a cross-functional role like customer, um, the only way to succeed is, frankly, by collaborating across departments, cross functions, cross capabilities. And uh, one of the things you, I always believe, great leaders need to do is not necessarily know all the right answers, 
but to know all the right questions to ask. In a lot of ways, I guess my training had prepared me to think about the right questions and problem statements, and then pull the best of the best of the best to actually help you answer the questions, because our roles are not to come up with all the solutions. I was able to probably translate some of that skill set into Pizza Hut, which is again is even more diverse as an organization, because not only you have internal departments, you have franchisees. And all of that is about influence and taking people with you. Yeah, you used a, a word there that, um, that that kind of resonated with me, which is translate. And I think in the spirit of collaboration, you know, there usually a decision gets made by a few people in the room and then multiple teams have to work on it. Right. Um, and those goals and outcomes and nuances have to be translated and, and uh, trickled down to the, the rest of the people who have to do the work. Um, how do you go about like handling that balance of ideation versus mass you know, team collaboration? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. I think one of the best ways to help translation, uh, if we use that word, is to have the folks who are going to be translating co-authoring the answer. Because if anyone else who doesn't understand the language is translating, they're most likely going to have the wrong emphasis. So one of the fundamental beliefs I have is that you co-author solutions and you co-author those solutions with the right functions in the room. And then those functions can go translate those to their organizations in the way that makes most meaningful sense to them. Because that's not something any one person will ever know. So finding the right skill set of people, finding the right mix of people, finding the right functions at the right stages of a change is what defines success in my mind. Well, you, you touched on something um, important, which is, you know, people, right? I mean, all the uh, yes, your customers, but also the people that are making products and services right. and things for those customers. Um, what kind of professional skill sets do you do you think you need to be like a good collaborator? Um, is it social cohesion or is it more like a hard skill? Is it a mix of the two? Where's the, where's the right sort of mindset professionally for for collaboration? The truth is, obviously, when you put together a cross-functional team, you have to bring in the right skills in. You are brought into that group because you have functional expertise in an area, and you can add value. You're accretive to the group. So that is obviously critical. But if your mindset and your attitude isn't right, then it doesn't matter how smart you are. You are probably not going to be a good collaborator. So having the, the right balance of functional capability and skill sets and smarts, but also having the ability to have the heart to understand where other people are coming from and connecting those dots and being able to appreciate and recognize what the other teams need is very, very critical. So to me, it's a very important balance. It also depends on what role you play in a, in a team. Are you the driver of decisions? Are you the driver of putting together the thinking and brainstorming? Are you actually the person who was the script writing and trying to then summarize and replay? Because teams should play the right roles. Every person should play a different role. Not everyone should be the ideas person, or everyone should be the person being the organized, structured one. So by trying to, to formulate the right teams and right skill set, I think is how you get the best results out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty difficult. Uh, uh, but, I mean, obviously you guys have done some some masterful uh, executions kind of rooted in collaboration. One of my favorites is the... Um, the the high top sneaker or should I say pie top high top pie top because <laughs> uh, I am a sneaker head and <laughs> I'm like I love I like I love these sneakers um which are you can they can actually order pizza for you I don't know if you were involved in that project alone but um if you can talk about that one or something else where you felt like collaboration was core to a, a product launch or an initiative launch. 
Yeah, sure. Look, PyTops is a is a very interesting idea, and of course, it's 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 uh, all, most about testing something that's at the edges more than something that's probably uh, mainstream, right? Because I, I you know, I, I, it'll be interesting if everybody was walking around with the PyTops and ordering pizzas from there. Somehow, I don't see that as the case. <laughs> uh, however, it is an interesting, innovative idea of thinking outside the box, and it does require different teams to think about those solutions differently. But something a bit more mainstream is we are currently in the process of rolling out a new way of helping our RGMs, who are our restaurant general managers who run the stores and shift, find a way to get them at a store level all the right data, all the right information to run the shifts better. Now, that's a very complicated process today for most of our stores. And imagine that they want the real-time data of what's happening, why it's happening, understanding um, the causality of, of uh, how the store is running, and then being able to take action. And all of that happens very manually uh, in most stores. And we are in the process of rolling out something that will be able to do that in a more real-time way, digitally, on their hands, on a phone or an app, and be able to do make decisions for a Monday or a Tuesday or a Friday, which is a peak. And that project really was truly a collaborative project between operations, between technology, between our franchisees who are the receivers of this, as well as our business units in the market, where our ops teams are supporting how to roll out programs. And I, to me, that's a great example of how you bring together people with different skill set who understand the depth of the area they're responsible for cold and can help each other find the right solution ultimately for the service of the team member or the restaurant general manager that we are building the capability for. That, that, that is how you build products. Then you iterate and test and learn as you roll it out. But ultimately, it is about bringing the people who know the system best and are closest to the reality, including the actual RGM who runs the store, disable this work because hypotheses need to be tested for their end customers. That's fantastic. Uh, speaking of sort of the right people and right things at the right time, uh, it's 2020, and it wasn't too long ago where we thought there were going to be flying cars everywhere <laughs> and robots making our <laughs> doing our laundry, um, which we're not too far off in some cases, but there's always new technology popping up, whether it's kind of behind the curtain and, you know, us customers don't necessarily see what you're adopting and using to make our lives better, or there's something blatantly where you're using technology to engage with consumers. Um, how do you kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what's going to be valuable um, and and use it and kind of test it out uh, versus what do you do away with and, and kind of ignore for a little bit of time until it until it kind of rises up a little bit more? Absolutely. I think the one big, you know, fundamental trend that will never change is that people like their life being easier, uh, whether it's your customer or team members or your franchisees or um, your, you know, any, any, take any industry, you will see that people like to make things simpler and easier. Um, however, the challenge with most organizations, especially with a lot of smart people, is that it's very easy to make things complex. So one of the big trends that I believe that we will always have to do better over time is find a way to make things that are complicated simple. And, and it will become a trend over over again in anything we do. That will not change. What will change is what is table stakes over time will become um, greater and greater. So what today we think is innovation will become the table stake for the future. And, and, and the expansion of the digitally native population will mean that everybody will expect certain things to just be automated and for them to do value add as opposed to do things that are repetitive and not very interesting. So to me, that is probably the change that will, that will continue to happen. Not just for the, the last few decades have really been about making our end customers' products simpler and easier, but the definition of customer 
is not just the end customer. It's the definition of a customer is also our employees who work in a store. And if we don't make their lives easier and better, they cannot service our customers well. You know, at, at Yum, we say this thing that a customer experience will never exceed a team member experience because ultimately they are the ones who create uh, the customer experience. So trying to influence their lives to be easier uh, because it's hard to run a pizza store on a 6 p.m. on a Friday. Uh, I've tried to do it and it's actually really, really hard. <laughs> so trying to make their life yeah, absolutely. simpler is very important. Well, it's funny because, you know, it's also it's it, I'm going to just kind of stick to pizza, obviously. But there's nothing more frustrating than having a bad pizza delivery or ordering experience. Right. It shows up cold. It, uh-huh. You know, it's not the, the ingredients you ordered. Um, but now with technology, we have this constant cycle of feedback, some valuable and real, some of it just like trolling. Um, how do you handle and filter through customer feedback, um, especially with, you know, the, the, the Pizza Hut customer? Yeah, I mean, again, uh, you know, it's. It's, a, it's an interesting thing to me when I first came here to realize that, frankly, what we are trying to do every single day at Pizza Hut is we take an order online, we drop it into a store, which has to happen in seconds. We then need, so we are an e-commerce retailer. We then have to make that product. So we are a manufacturer. And then we have to have a driver ready to pick up this item and it's ready to deliver to your door. So we are a delivery service. When you suddenly pause and think about what we're actually trying to do, we are a retailer, a manufacturer, and a delivery business put together, and we have to take that order and get it to your door in under 30 minutes. Not even Amazon does that today for an order you place on their website. So think about that for a second. No, seriously, think about that for a second. It's actually a very hard problem to do right for every single order, especially on a Friday night when your store is now bombarded with orders at the same time. So what we're trying to do is hard. What we have to figure out is how do we manage that all the pieces that go wrong can be put together the right way. And our business is actually very simple. You actually just described it. Don't be late, don't be cold, and don't be wrong. But to do that is very, very hard. And that's what we are trying to figure out. How do we build technologies, capabilities, that all the players in the system can do the job better, easier, faster? such that we can service our customers instead of looking to say, do I have the ingredients? Do I have enough inventory? Do I have enough dough prepared? Is the oven temperature right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If I can take away those decisions from a team member or a customer and actually have them focus on value add, we'll be successful. I think pizza pain points are a great global unifier. Um, and I think, uh, you know, when I think about your title being sort of globally focused, um, what do you pick up from other territories and how do you kind of build un- uniformity or is that even an important thing? Just as, And especially when it comes to collaboration, whether you're collaborating with another team around the country or around the globe, you know, there's always going to be barriers of communication or methodology or whatever it might be. Um, but how do you in- ensure that that final outcome is going to be best for that end consumer managing that globally? That's a great question. You know, when I first started, one of the the things I was hearing constantly, oh, we are different. You know, in this market, our problems are unique. We are special. And then we did a piece of research when we started because I truly believe that you have to be fact-based in your decision-making. So we picked six of our markets, and we did a customer journey exercise and collected data from real customers and also from our employees in those markets to say, to basically identify moments of truth, uh, which is what are the touch points at which our customers, uh, which are most important to our customers and where we are letting them down. 
That's really your moment of truth. My most, as a customer, what really matters to me and what you're not doing right. Okay. Once we knew those, and ironically and interestingly, they were the same for all six markets. So this disbelief about I'm special, I'm unique, while it is probably true on the toppings, you know, the, the toppings in Asia are different from toppings in India, the toppings in Europe, the toppings in Middle East, but the truth is the fundamental pain points of the customers are the same. Once we had the data, it was about sitting down with our markets to say, okay, guys, now that we know that our problems are common, how are we going to solve them together to make sure we have the maximum impact? Because we, have, we operate in 111 markets. At no point in time, we can actually do something that ideally you know, impacts everybody. But if we can find common problems, we can have the max, maximum impact on the largest part of our business. And that's how we approached our problems. At the same time, to your earlier point, there's things that a certain market is doing really, really well. Let's make sure we can scale it to everybody and get the most benefit out of it. The answers don't always lie in the center or in some one place. The answers lie distributed between the markets doing some great things. Let's leverage that. Let's scale that. Back to collaboration, frankly. Let's share those information so that in a way that we can have the most impact to our business. You know, I think when, you, when you're getting all this, I guess, a, a, an abundance of input and insights from a lot of organizations and people and, and customers and so on and so forth, it also makes me think about just like career and life things because it, there's a lot of parallel because, you, you know, you have a lot of people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. Um, but I'm curious as to whether or not there was something earlier in your career that you know now, but you didn't know then. And you wish you had known when you started your career. Yeah, I saw many of them. I could have a long list. We could have an entire podcast on that. <laughs> but let's not do that today. Um, I think for me, probably the most telling element is that when you are younger, A, you believe you can change the world because, you know, no one's better than you. Um, and second, you believe that you alone can do that. And I think this fundamental belief of uh, that you are never going to be more successful than the team around you is something that the sooner people realize, the better off they're going to be. You know, um, and it comes to, truly comes to life in an organization like Yum, because we only succeed if our franchisees succeed. We only succeed when our team members succeed. It is, by default, a collaborative business, but most successful people over time have succeeded because of what they do and what they are good at. And what happens is that flip from being an individual to a team member Overall, it can sometimes be very painful because it, it's about shifting from command and control to being collaborative and taking people with you. And I think to me, had I sort of almost internalized that sooner, it would have probably been more successful in, earlier on and not made as many mistakes of trying to think of pushing an idea just because we, I believe it was right until realizing that a group would have made it better for me had I thought about it, pulling the right people in. So I wish, you know, I'd probably known that sooner. But you know what? Some lessons are better learned the hard way. Well, Helen, thank you for taking the time out to chat today. Um, this has been enthralling. Uh, thank <laughs> you so much. And now, my conversation with Ari Liberikian. Ari Liberikian, thank you for uh, joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you are the global leader of Leap by McKinsey, and um, I, w I want to talk a little bit about collaboration today. Uh, I guess for, for starters, like, why is launching a new business so important to the success of an established company? 
It's a great question. You know, that it wasn't always the case uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Our research has shown that long-term success for large companies and medium-sized companies requires new business building. A company always needs to be regenerating itself, building new businesses, stepping out. Um, and and the, no- the numbers bear that out. Um, the reality is companies exist because they have clients and they have customers and to serve the customers. Customer needs are changing in the consumer space. They're expecting a lot more insight, a lot more holistic services, not individual products. Uh, they're expecting much more convenience and ease of use. Uh, even in the commercial B2B space, you're seeing, you're seeing that, well, uh, that as well in different ways. And so companies are finding that sometimes the best way to create this new offering is not to try to transform what you have and what might have worked for decades, but to build something new ground up. Do it quickly, do it with modern techniques, do it with modern technology, and do it in a much more customer-backed way. Well, it sounds like a lot of it is kind of based on people, right? Like, I mean, and every company is, is built around human beings, but also by human beings. And so this idea of like, what does it take to actually execute well, and especially in this collaborative spirit, is that more like, um, are you looking at certain specific professional traits? Or are you looking at more like, all right, we need a spirit of growth and a kind of intrapreneurship, if you will? Yeah, look, there's 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 a lot that's needed. I mean, you need, uh, for sure, you need the spirit of taking a risk and trying to build something new. That takes a certain kind of uh, degree of adventurousness, if you will, and risk-taking. But you need a capability for how to do it, right? So you start with thinking about For instance, what are the business ideas that will create the most value? And you do a very fact-based, very sobering analysis of what the opportunities are. This is not about chasing a shiny object because it sounds interesting or you read an article about someone else doing it. This is about uh, creating an opportunity that's grounded in facts around where your customers are going, where the market's going, where your competitors are going, etc. You then get into, you know, starting to prototype this thing and pilot this thing. And that typically involves building a minimal viable product, an MVP, uh, in a very rapid test and learn iterative approach. And, and that is also uh, challenging to do because, you know, a lot of technology, at least in the last 20, 30 years, has not been built that way. Many larger companies are adapting to that. You then need to start to think about hiring the right people. And I say hiring because of the point I made earlier that many large companies don't have these skill sets within them. So inevitably, uh, uh, these companies look for a GM, a CTO, a COO from the outside who's done this before, who's built and scaled businesses before, who knows how to operate. Uh, And then from there, you start to scale the business. You think about how do you measure success of the business, which is a challenge in and of itself. Measuring a very mature business is fairly straightforward. You have the PNL, you have customer experience, you have some basic metrics that tell you how things are going. Measuring a three-month-old or six-month-old or 12-month-old business is very different. You're not always, and typically most of the time, you're not going to see financial results, but you are going to see other metrics. How are the deployments going? How well is my team building? Uh, How am I doing on my MVPs? Am I starting to get some data? Am I starting to get some customers to sign up, et cetera? And so you do that, and then eventually you start to scale this business, and there's a strategic question around what do you do? What is the end state disposition of this business? 
Do you keep it in-house? Do you scale it further and make it the new core? Do you spin it off? Do you do a JV? There's all types of strategic questions at that point um, that need to be uh, addressed. And those are all, all, every step of this is, is difficult and unnatural for a lot of companies, but boy, the reward is significant if, if you can get it right. Absolutely. And, you know, and I also think about this idea of integration is one thing and it comes with a lot of nuances, right? There's resistance and there's cohesion. And sometimes those things coexist. Sometimes you you lean more one way or the other. But from a resistance standpoint, how do you get people in the spirit of, hey, we're introducing a new digital business and we need you guys on board to help support and foster and grow it and test and learn and do all these risky things that you're talking about? How do you foster that spirit of like, let's do this together and link arms and, and, and be really uh, in the trenches together? Yeah, it's a great question. And this is one of the common failure modes is you get organ rejection, right? You get the, the old guard looking at this new thing saying, well, that's, that's new and different and threatening. And by the way, it's taking funds and management time away from what I've been working on. So I'm not, I'm not supportive. You sometimes see that. So the first thing is this new business needs to be created somewhat separate from the core. If you create it in the building where the core is with the same people running the core, with the same processes, you're just increasing the odds of failure dramatically. So you create it off to the side. You commonly bring in, for the most part, a new team. Um, sometimes you'll selectively pull in talented executives from the core into the new business because that's helpful. They have knowledge of the industry, customers, the data in the core, etc. cetera. Uh, but you don't want to bring in too much because you are really building a new culture a new uh, capability, a new way of working. Um, but what happens is once you create this thing off to the side and you protect it, and by the way, you also keep the, the funding separate, so you're not always making decisions of, should I put my extra million dollars in the core or in the new business? It's kind of a separate discussion. Um, you protect this thing off to the side. Once you start to scale it and it starts to work, then then it starts to build real credibility. And that track record buys you real credibility with the executives in the core. And then they start to look over and say, okay, I could really get behind this because, you know, maybe at first I didn't, I wasn't sure what it, where it was going. I now see it's working and th this could be really big for the company. So there's a little bit of like protect the, protect the baby as it's growing up uh, and it can stand on its own two feet before you introduce it too much to the core. Very well stated. Uh, Ari, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. That is all for today. The First Step is produced by Fastco Works in partnership with McKinsey & Company. I'm Chris Denson. Thank you for listening. <laughs>